How you doing? Well, I'm doing bad, and I hope your days ruined. When you're on stage, I'm the one that's booing because I hate your guts. <laughs> I'll be in the bushes lurking while you live life so goddamn perfect because my life sucks and it serves no purpose. I'm gonna fuck girls up to make shit worth it. Oh, I forgot about that one. We forgot. Hello, everybody. Sorry about that. We forgot that one. Looks lines and hip hop. Um, I'm Akeem. Jacob? Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd like some clarification. Yeah. Maybe you can answer this for me. Okay. Um, Let's try. Not, not to imply that you are any of these things. Okay. So, <laughs> um, if, if you are African American, you can say the N-word. If you're homosexual, can you say the F-word? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it works the same way because yeah. you're being self-disparaging. Anything that's like disparaging to yourself, it's not like you're offending that group because you're a part of that group. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, the reason I, I said that is because yeah. before we started this, when we were doing a little pre-production, a, the only reason why I think that is because there's a there's a comedian Tim Dillon who's a gay man, but con- he's he uses okay. that slur all the time. I mean, I, I don't I don't care because I don't, I don't think, particularly I, use either I of those. I think we're in the age where yeah, obviously. I mean, we just shouldn't use that word to begin with. But I think we're also in an age where we're try- we're trying to get away from that sort of humor that's really just well, like outlandish for to, re- for outlandish. Reason sake. I bring it up is because in pre-production here we we cut a song we are gonna write into because of an right. R. Kelly reference. Right now we can't do that. And then, <laughs> hey, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't avoid it. No, not really. So, what are we talking What's about? What's up? <laughs> what are we talking about today? Yeah, dude, we're going to be doing our top 10 of the year. Oh, yeah. It's oh, going to get spicy, I'm sure. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to be honest. It was really hard for me to come up with 10 this year. I like this I don't year. know why. That's, I think that's what, I, that's what it's going to get spicy, but we'll get into that in a minute. Before we get to that, we've got a little segment, Just One Night, Not My Type, or Wife for Life. Right. So, who you got for me this week? All right. So, we're going to do three men for you this week. Oh, because we... Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... Uh, ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tim McGraw. Okay. <laughs> Tim McGraw, not my type. Uh, another one was Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, I guess by stereotypes, by women, I, I Ben Affleck uh, is a good-looking man. Not, not really my type either. But I guess if you're looking, if I'm, type? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to go down that road of self-exploration. Some doors are, are better left closed. But if I'm comparing looks uh-huh. with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, I think yeah. Ben Affleck is a better-looking guy. Right. Somebody you'd want to be seen with? Yeah, so that's okay. one night. And I guess Matt Damon will be wife for life. I've heard we look alike, so I, could see that. I, I get that. You should have said Alistair Overeem. <laughs> yeah. Um, Changed Tim McGraw to Alistair Overeem. Were late. you marrying him? It's too late. Um, <laughs> okay. No, but Matt Damon does a lot uh, of like humanitarian stuff. He seems like a good guy out of the three of them. You guys would look good in pictures together. Yeah. Matt Damon and his boyfriend at the Wells for Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my logic for those three. Very nice. Um, all right. Let's see who I got for you. All right. So I've got uh, Bradley Cooper. Okay. Seth Rogen. Oh, shit. And Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Ryan Reynolds is not my type. Yeah, he always, not to quote He's Family Guy, type. but he, remember they say he always looks confused in Family Guy? <laughs> he always looks like he is just lost. Uh, I like Ryan Reynolds. I think he's funny, but, you know, me and him would just be friends. I think he's funny in Deadpool. I don't like him in anything else. I oh, it. damn. Yeah. I liked him in Just Friends, too. That's a uh, 
romantic comedy. He's like Donnie Wahlberg to me. He has to play the same character in every movie. Interesting. Angry cop, funny boyfriend. Next. All right, so Ryan Reynolds is nobody's type. Did you? Nobody got that reference, but for the ten of you who did that know that show, yeah, you're welcome. Yep. Because that that was a next reference in almost 2020. Yes. all right, so Ryan Seth Reynolds Rogen and Bradley Cooper. Uh, Bradley Cooper just one night. And so I get same Rogen same logic, night. I think, for Ben Affleck. Yeah. Well, well, honestly, Seth Rogen and I would just we would be really good together. Yeah, you're both bears. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to pick like different kind of like stereotypes. Yours was very eclectic. Bradley Cooper and Ryan Reynolds, I guess, are kind of synonymous. You know who I was thinking um, Ryan Reynolds at first? Who that was? The guy in the Notebook. Oh no, that's Ryan Gosling. Right, I got yeah, we need to stop before. Yeah, up. we're good. Ryan we're... Gosling's not my type either. Okay, yeah, we're just <laughs> we're gonna talk about uh, some hip hop now. <laughs> this is a weird, ever great episode. Yeah, before we start like reviewing makeup palettes and shit. <laughs> and our top makeup palette of the year is Jeffrey Star. I got it on DHK. Great job. I haven't plugged many Netflix shows. There's a Netflix show called Broken. Go watch it. Go watch The Witcher. I haven't new, watched that yet. Woo, son. But I finished all eight episodes of Broken like, talks about like these things that are broken in society, and they were talking about people purchasing like fake cosmetics. It was a huge cosmetics. problem. I actually did see that episode, too. Yeah, yeah no, no more talk about makeup palettes, how hot let's Ryan Gosling is. Top 10, let's yeah, go. Yeah, 2019. All right. Give me, your, give me your number 10. All right. Number 10 for 2019 would be Mirrorland Earth Gang. Okay. So, so you went back to that one. What what made it hit your top ten? Um, it was a very good release, I think, especially paired with Revenge of the Dreamers. People that weren't maybe Earth Gang or aware of Earth Gang, do they kind of got to capitalize a little bit. Do you have any honorable mentions before you get too deep into your list? Do you, do you have any off top or no? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go through the honorable mentions first. Okay. So honorable mentions was Father of Four Offset. Uh-huh. Thought it was a good look for him. He, he he did prove he can rap outside of the Migos subject matter. Like he was a little introspective. I think as introspective as Offset can be. Yeah. Um, the One Up album with T Pain, that had Goat Talk on it. That was one of the best Wayne verses we've heard in the past like ten years. Right. Um, rapper go to the league. Two Chains. I forgot about that one, but it was that good. one critically is going to be remembered as one of his best. Yeah, I, I agree. With it that doesn't one. have the replay value. His last two, honestly. Yeah, it didn't have the replay value to me that Pink based House. on a true story and Pink House had. Pink Houses. And I still go back. Pretty girls love trap music. Pretty yeah. girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said the pink. The Pink yeah. House from Pretty yeah. Girls Love Trap Music. Um, yeah, it just doesn't have the replay value that that album did, or based on a true story. Okay. Dirtbag, Blueface, as cringe as it sounds. I caught my going, myself going back to this too much. Like I think that's guilty my guilty pleasure, pleasure of 2019. Um, Hollywood's Bleeding. And I didn't really care for that one too much, but just based off of numbers, it did stupid numbers. Um, doesn't have the replay value of Stoney to me. Right. So that's why it didn't make the list. You know what I'm saying? Danny Brown, always happy to hear him. Jesus is king. But um, again, that's kind of one we talked about it already. You kind of have to be in the mood to, to listen to Jesus is right. king all the way through. Uh, Feet of Clay by Earl. Really good album, very artistic. I just didn't find myself going back to it like I did with Doris. Um, and then the last one was Jack Boys. That was your honorable mention? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, some honorable mentions for me were uh, Your Old Droog, It Wasn't Even Close. He put out two albums this year, both both great Your Old Droog, Droog projects, just not something that I go back to a lot. Um, uh, Arlo, Arlo Parks, 
Sophie EP to Neo Soul Project. I was trying to just keep it hip hop. Um, very, very strong voice, beautiful project. Um, Roddy Rich, please excuse me for being okay. inside. Yeah, I, saw, I kept seeing that on your listening too. Yeah, it's um, it's something that I've been going back to more and more, and um, I do appreciate Roddy Rich for what he's doing. I did say it was a bit generic at first, but um, he does definitely have something going here. Did you know that Kendrick? I didn't know this. I saw this in a Co-Sarman. thing on Twitter. No, Kendrick met him like when he was a child and oh. said, "You're going to be something big in hip hop." That's awesome. He got tapped. Um, uh, another project, Stormzy, Heavy is the Head. Uh, very good grime project if you want to check that one out. Uh, I really love the song Crown. That actually made my top 25 for the singles of the year. And then um, two more here was uh, Future's The Wizard. Because okay. it was actually a strong future release. We haven't had one of those in a while. And The Baby's Baby on Baby. Okay. Well. All right. So back to my number 10, Mirrorland. Yes. Um, I just thought it was a good marketing i mean the album is good on its own but they took kind of the buzz that was revenge of the dreamers 3 if you weren't in tune with that you would dreamville you wouldn't have known that you wouldn't have known about i gotta be honest that that project for me it came and went yeah i know it did for you it just i couldn't even get into it but i like that they capitalized on that but they stayed true to their sound because i was worried when i saw they were putting the album out after that i was like i hope it's not just going to be the throwaway tracks from all the music they made when they made Revenge of the Dreamers 3, and it wasn't very focused. Some of my favorite tracks in there were La La Challenge, Up, Top Down, Proud of You with Young Thug, Swivel, Tequila. I like Swivel a lot. Yeah, that was the one. That one was on Revenge of the Dreamers 3. Um, And then the track, oh, where'd it go? Blue Moon. Very cool, very cool. Um, For me, my top 10... Uh, number 10 for me was Injury Reserve with their self-titled project. Okay. And the reason why I like that one is, I mean, obviously you have some of their biggest tracks on there, like Jailbreak the Tesla. But also to me, following Injury Reserve from when they started to now, they've really stuck true to their sound and have refined it. And I think their self-titled is a great example of that. So, okay. That's my number 10. What you got for number 9? Number 9 is Ventura Anderson Pack. Cool. Some of my favorite tracks off of that were Come Home with Andre 3000, Make It Better with Smokey Robinson, Reaching Too Much uh, with Layla Hathaway. Remember the song Yada Yada mm-hmm. off, off of that one? I knew you liked that one. King we James was, was yep. on there for Jet me. Black with Brandy, Twilight, and What Can We Do with Nate Duck. Okay. I, I liked that project. Uh, it was more classic. Yeah, and that's that that's what well. that was my highlight. I said I liked this so much more than Oxnard, yeah. at least the sound. Um We've been open about our love for Anderson Pack. Obviously, we met him, um, but like you said, he went very classic with this back to what we saw in Malibu, and that's what he one has of my a favorites. lot of strength. His strength is the fact that he is able to to do a bit of a throwback sound in a very authentic way. Um, that group Under Gods is the same same reason why I enjoyed that project. It's a throwback, but it's done in a way yeah. that's very genuine. And I know you like Anderson Pack more for like what he did on Venice with yeah. the the synths and the kind of like the synth yeah. pop sound. Him I'm, and No Worries, like I, yeah. I I like No Worries more than I like and Anderson Pack. I think he can explore both avenues extremely well. Mm-hmm. So that was number nine, Ventura. Number nine for me is Denzel Curry's Zoo. Woo! <laughs> I mean, just talk about a stellar project from start to finish. It's incredibly intense. Um, I know I wasn't a fan of the skits on there, but it doesn't take away from No, because they were so short. Exactly. And you've got songs like Speedboat, Ricky, Birds, uh, with Rick Ross. I thought the the whole project was executed. Extremely. Spoiler alert. 
we will talk about Zoo again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, really loved it. It's a great project. Absolutely. Number eight for me. Yep. Arizona Baby, Kevin Abstract. I almost, I almost put a, put Arizona Baby on there. I love this album. I think he, out of all the Brockhampton crew, he's my favorite as far as he is the most well rounded. Yeah. We, we would argue he is the head of Brockhampton. Um, he displays proficient rapping mixed with beautiful melody. I just, I, there's not a lot of artists that can handle that many sounds of music and do them so well. I mean, obviously Drake can sing and rap, and he does it well together. But there's a lot of rappers that try to sing and try to rap on an album, and it's hot garbage. Yeah, Ginger gets an honorable mention as well. Uh, I'm just not invested enough in Brockhampton's story to really posture like they would make my top ten. Yeah, because I know their their fans are very, uh, you know, they're they're ravenous. So yeah. I don't want to pretend that yeah, I'm yeah. There's 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 Nicki Minaj fans and Brockhampton fans. Yeah, it's it's high up there. Um, but my favorite tracks of that were Big Wheels, Joyride, Georgia, uh, Peach, American Problem. Georgia, Georgia, yeah, Georgia Peach. Georgia Peach is, yeah. is a great track. Uh, I I like that project as well. Uh, I think the only reason why I didn't make mine was was just because I didn't go back to it as much. Okay. Well, I I think part of the thing that has helped me this year, and I think I'm gonna continue doing it for next year, as as the year was going by, I were listening to these albums and there were some albums that I didn't really care for that much. Like the, um, like, I mean, I liked it, but it just didn't have a lot of replay value to me was the JPEG mafia. And I know we'll talk about that more, but I still have that song that I liked in my, my heavy rotation from the, my tracks. I liked out of the year. And when, when I go back and hear it, I was like, damn, I want to go back and listen to that. And I did that for, or for Kevin abstracts album. Yeah. And I was listening through that playlist and I was like, damn, this album was, fire and i went back to it and i really enjoyed it and that's what kept me playing it all year yeah making that year end list uh helped for me as well uh number number eight for me was uh freddie gibb and mad lib bandana okay uh i think what i liked about that one was on on um their first album their first collaboration pinata it was definitely the production that was doing the heavy lifting whereas bandana is more so freddie gibbs his imagery, his storytelling, that really sticks out throughout the whole project. And also the fact that Madlib did this all on an iPad is yeah. to me outstanding, but also makes sense when you look in, when you hear the production, you can definitely see how where how GarageBand was the only thing used. And it is some people said that it was limiting to Madlib, but what I like to think is like he made the most out of so little. No, I I don't think that's limiting. Now, like, because he has so little, he has to explore, like, all, all of, it. of it. Yeah. Whereas, with, if you go in and sign into, I mean, even something as easy to use as, like, Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops is astronomically higher than what you can use on an iPad. So exactly. it forces you to use all of its infrastructure rather than a small portion of it. Right. And, like I said, Freddie Gibbs stands out more on this project. I mean, my favorite tracks on this were Half Man, Half Cocaine, Crime Pays. And flat tummy tea. All, yeah. all it's God, just that was a funny fucking track. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. Through and through, I, I really loved it. Okay, number seven for me, Revenge of the Dreamers three, Dreamville Records, and yeah, see that's what I thought when I listened to it the first time. But I made that list. Do you remember the song 1993? Cause goes since 1993, yeah. I've been smoking weed. Right. Acts about me. I put that one in my that list. The, of top tracks of 2019 and I heard it, I was like holy shit I, 
I ride with this. And I, I don't know. I went back and listened to it, and I love it. Um, you were you were praising it a lot more than me when we reviewed it, so I yeah. figured it was going to potentially make your list. I just I, I was very doubtful with that group because of how well TDE was doing in comparison to them. Mm-hmm. And it, at the time, he had, like, Boz and Omen and Kaz. And that was it. And, like, the tapes they were putting out, Revenge of the Dreamers 2, not that great. Folger's Crystal's the only song people talk about with J. Cole. Um, it just wasn't, wasn't it. And I, this was just such more well-rounded to me. Um, the tracks I liked the most were Under the Sun. That was the one with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Down Bad, Wells Fargo, Ladies, Ladies, Ladies with T.I. Costa Rica, 1993, Sunset, and Middle Child. Damn. Just list the whole track list. Um, I, the reason why for me it just didn't... It, no, nothing on there really to me screamed outstanding. It was really... To me, if, it, if this were a busier year, maybe we wouldn't have even been talking that much about it, to be honest. Because nothing really seemed to have a lot of impact. Um, I do like individual members of of Dreamville, but as a collective, I just don't think they're doing anything that we haven't really heard before. Uh, I think Earth Gang, as a group themselves, is is in their own pocket. I think Jid and J. Cole kind of accommodate the same space. And then I think Boz is also in his own yeah, pocket. I think, yeah, he's, I think with this, is kind of where people... They're very segmented. Yeah. And then when they, when they come together, kind of like TDE, I mean... TD has a lot of chemistry in that they're all really good lyricists. And that may I don't be, need to hear them together. That may be why they don't. Yeah, they put don't out do a lot of hours. stuff together. And that was kind of what I liked about this too. Is it wasn't if I'd have had to listen to just the Dreamville roster, I don't know if I would have liked it as much. But the fact I got to hear Jid and Ti on a track together was right. awesome. So I like that they incorporated other people. Like I said, if it had been just them, it probably wouldn't have been this high. To be honest, I think even though I didn't love the Jack Boys release. Uh, like when the, when it's the three of them when it's when it's Sheck West Travis and Dom Tolliver, there I could see it. There's a song lot there. of chemistry there. Yeah, there is. Most groups and also when it's a less number of people like uh, Dream Chasers did or not Dream Chasers Maybach Music Maybach Music had those collab albums. Yeah, the Self Made. Yeah, Self Made yeah. Volume One Two Three. Yes, one had I'm a Boss on it. Right, yeah. and uh, to be fair, I'm a Boss was on Meek Mill's mixtape first. Thing. True, the remix. It was yeah. a remix on. Right. So, yeah, it is harder to make a good project with that many people on it, but I, that's cool that it made your list. Oh, yeah. Number seven. All right, for me, number seven was uh, Juice World, Death Race for Love. And for me, the reason why all the. I mean, I loved that project when it first came out, and honestly, it does have his most pop. I would say, like, his biggest songs yeah. are definitely on there. Um, rest in peace to Juice World. He did die this year as well, um, due to an overdose. Um, my favorite tracks on Death Race for Love were Robbery, Maze, and Feeling. Feeling, I think, is one of my favorite Juice World tracks ever. Okay. And there's just, there's a, even though it is, there, you could turn the fat off that album, for it being as long as it is, I like almost all those songs. Yeah. There's not really And that was what, that was, I think it was one of our biggest praises when we reviewed that. Yeah, because there's so many hits on there. It's really an infectious listen and um, something that, I mean, really something that I'll listen to even into next year as well. Absolutely. Um, Number six for me was Zoo, Denzel Curry. Okay. I like that one a lot. 
Um, I thought it was a good follow-up to, a, I mean, a more full project like Taboo. It was, I like Taboo more. It was a lot more dark. I've, I've spoke it's already. I, I should have put that on my year end last year, and I didn't have it there. And I more so rediscovered it this year. Right. Um, but I thought it was a good follow up. Different sound though entirely. Um, my favorite tracks were Zoo, Ricky, Birds. That was one with Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. Shake eighty eight was the one. Don't touch my weed. Yeah, that one. Um, and then the last track, PAT. He kind of. There's nothing bad on that no, project. No, really. In the skits, like we already talked about. You didn't really like the skits, but they're so short, it's almost inconvenient to skip them. Because by the time you pick it up, skip, it's already over. Exactly. Exactly. And and um, it makes you excited for what Denzel Curry is going to do next as well. Um, believe it or not, uh, the next one for me was Action Bronson's Lamb Over Rice. Okay. I, That's an honorable mention for me. I should have had that in honorable mention. I, I wasn't sure it was going to make my list, but to be honest... To be completely honest with you guys, I could not stop going back to it, mainly for the Alchemist production, but it I really appreciate Actions Bronson sort of off-the-top rapping It's on just this. like Stream of Consciousness. Yeah, it's not Stream really... of Consciousness sort of raps um, over incredible production. Uh, Descendant of the Stars is one of my favorite Action Bronson tracks yeah. he's made, and um, really this this to me feels like a very satisfying offering from Action Bronson. And I like it even more than um, Mr. Wonderful, even though it's not as complete or as a full of a project. I like it as much, I think. I just listen to it. I listen to this more than I listen to something like Mr. Wonderful. Okay. Great project. Um, Favorite tracks were DM Try, Sven, and Descendant of the Stars. Okay. Number five was Igor. We're definitely going to be talking about that one again. Yeah. So I'll, I'll hold off most of my thing, but I'll say my favorite tracks were Earthquake, New Magic Wand, A Boy's a Gun, and Puppet. Um, Puppet is so good. Yeah. I think it's the most creative as far as artistically and well-received that Tyler's put out. Like, obviously, to his fans, he doesn't really have a miss. There's some fans that are split about albums, like Cherry Bomb Dude, had a lot of people are saying, I love there's a meme now amongst Tyler fans. People are still trashing Cherry Bomb, and it's and everybody knows it's a great yeah. project. It's actually a great project. So I think it was his most artistic. It's, it's, this cements him in hip-hop history, I think. He's on... I think Tyler has leveled up to that point where you can mention him in conversation with artists um, like like Chief Keef, like Kanye, like... I know Chief I said Keith. Chief Keef. I know that's kind of confusing, but... Uh, I was watching an interview um, that this guy, Kerwin Frost, did, and he spoke with Chief Keef, and you really look at the soundscape and the people that say that Chief Keef inspired them, and there are a lot of the people who were leading or are leading the new wave Okay, of, I, I, of I can get behind now. that. It's kind of the same argument with Soldier Boy. Like exactly. It, it's kind of meme to say. But I would say Chief Keef is more like a Wayne, whereas, yes... Uh, sonically, it's he's not as inspiring, but it is the aesthetic, the dreads. Yeah. S- same way we didn't really see face tattoos until Wayne. Like, dreads really didn't come in until... I mean, obviously, of course, people have had dreads throughout hip-hop history. I'm not saying that. But that that aesthetic didn't really come until Chief Keef. Drill music in the style of the rapping and the rhyme schemes, I would say. Yeah. That has heavily inspired artists like Lil Baby... Like, Da Baby, um, 
and Chicago's influence in, in music in general can't be ignored. So, no. yes, Chief Keef is in that conversation. Um, Tyler, with Golf Wang, with um, Odd Future as a movement, is also something that you can't ignore either. No. And like you said, with Igor being as critically praised as it has, he may have a Grammy here. Oh, absolutely. And we can't ignore that. And if he wins a Grammy off of this... Tyler is in talks with Kanye even as well. Well, this is the thing that we we always trash the Grammys, but we do ignore this part. Even getting a nomination is a big when they honor. get introduced, like when he's on, when when Ty, when Tyler goes on Ellen, and if he doesn't win Grammy, they're gonna say that Grammy nominated artist Tyler the Creator. That's go, that's how they're gonna announce him. So just being nominated does bring you a lot of air quote clout. For sure, for sure. I didn't mean to go on that tangent, but I felt like it no, was we'll important. we'll expound on it some more. For sure. So it was five for you. Uh, Feet of Clay by Earl Sweatshirt. Okay. The reason why, I and you actually rated it higher than I did when it came out, but really what made me appreciate Feet of Clay was I sort of, I know that some rap songs was in my top 10 last year, but I didn't have time to listen to it as much. I've gone back to it almost, uh, I would say two to three times a month for this year. Something about some rap songs really connected with me after I watched the interview with his mother. Okay. And watching that interview, it gave me a lot of context to what Earl was trying to communicate in his music. Uh, like a lot of struggles in African American culture, he's trying to sort of talk about like the failures of capitalism. There's a lot of things if you go and uh, listen to that talk with his mom that he wants to communicate. And once I heard that, he also talked about why he raps in those short. So he's like, he's like, whenever there's a message, you kind of have to encode it. And so, again, looking at Earl as somebody like Billy Woods, where you get to crack the code of his raps, uh, Feet of Clay offers that even more than some rap songs did. And um, I really appreciated that. Uh, him getting out his grief, thoughts about his father, his sort of nihilism through this project, uh, it, it, it spoke to me a lot more towards okay. the end of the year. And my favorite song on there were like Tisk Tisk and Cookies and 74. Okay. Yeah, I like that one. I like the one M-Tomb. And there was one other one that made my, like, the... 2019. Yeah, not the top 20 list, but the tw- I, top tracks of 2019. Yeah. All right. Number four, Kirk's to, Kirk to Baby. Dude... I, it was almost in my... It was in my list and I took it out. Well, see, this is what... Like, when we reviewed it, I, I liked it. But I didn't think it was going to have replay value. And then I went back to it. It's so short. There's not a, a track that I skip on that album. His song, his intro is really good. I mean, that's, he's going to be really well known just for that track. Well, that intro sparked the meme that the baby starts before the beat starts. Like, the baby, if he's paying for a beat, he's using all of it. Right. Ain't no second going to waste. Sure. Um, but he, we've already talked about the huge year that he's had. I hope that he can cement that because I, I think that he's enjoyable. He seems, we talked about how he cleaned his image up. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's sticking to that. Yeah. Uh, but he just seems to be like a real enjoyable guy to a be A lot around. of people loved Kirk. I mean, he had he had some performances on late night TV that got a lot of traction. He's definitely moving in the right direction. Uh, I do appreciate Kirk uh, because, again, so many, it did make a big splash when it came out. Yeah. And for an artist who's only a year in the game, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, and he had two albums this yeah, year. A year well known, yeah. And he had two albums, so it's it's no easy feat. Both of them, a lot of people really like. No, I'm proud of the baby. Shout out to baby. Yeah. 
Um, and I'll be honest, at first when I heard him, I thought he was kind of whack. Like at first, right. not like this was like when Baby on Baby came out, like Suge was hot, but I tried to listen to Baby on Baby and there's a few tracks to go back to, but I was like, no, this is too formulaic. And I just, I kind of thought he was whack, but he something clicked and he proved it. Yeah. He, I think something clipped and he did switch the flow on this. Remember he yeah. kind of had, like he kind of said, yeah, I can switch the flow. Right, right. That's true. Um, favorite tracks were intro, bop, vibes, pop star, um, iPhone, the one Nicki Minaj, no. even though you, you hate no. that one. Um, Am I fun? Honestly, the one that I find myself listening to a lot is the one gospel with Chance the Rapper, Gucci, and YK Osiris. YK Osiris low-key kills it. Yeah. Um, probably heard raw shit with Amigos, and there he goes. So pretty much like the Dreamville album that would have been quicker to name the songs I didn't like. <laughs> yeah. uh, next one for me was K. Trinata's Hold Baba. Hold up. Shout out Queen City. Charlotte. Oh, for sure. Uh, next one for me was K. Trinata's Bubba. Uh, Kate Tronada had that 99.99% album yes. that was really big. So a follow-up to that, this Bubba came out, and it's beautiful from start to finish. He got some uh, some big features on there, like Sir and uh, Mick Jenkins. If you guys haven't heard of him, his feature on here is amazing. Uh, just a beautiful soundscape, and really... K. Trinata's ability to kind of take you into his own world. Mick Jenkins has that album Water, right? No, it's a song Water okay. off of his off of his mixtape. I know that. Waters. I know. I remember that one yeah. was one of his bigger ones. So the people Waters, may have heard yeah. that song. It's a great mixtape, um, but K. Trinata's Bubba for sure. I I can't praise it enough. I I love it. I've been listening to it for the last like two weeks. It's been in my heavy rotation. Um, we played the Do It intro. Yeah, I I can't have an there's. There's some big features on here, including Pharrell Williams as well as on the end. Just great. Definitely check it out if you guys haven't already. All right. This I think this one's Should gonna one. this one's gonna be like oh really number, number three so much fun young thug. No, I I've been seeing it on everybody's Dude, top ten. And I just didn't it didn't hit there's me. There's a there's a theme with my top three, and I'll expound on it as I go through the top three. But oh, these three the things that these people. They changed their image or cemented their image, did something that was significant. Young Thug, we already talked about in previous episodes, cleans his image up, but this was his most commercial album and his most successful. And I think the fans of... Dude, he was doing like 10K before this one. 10 yeah. to 30,000, and then now 110 first week. It's his most commercial to date. I'm just happy and excited to see where he's going from here. Because we obviously knew how talented Young Thug was. but And he's been kind of like a meme in hip-hop. Like, if you don't love Young Thug, oh, he's that whack dude that wears dresses. Right. And there was really no in-between. I, I feel like there was no in-between. I think he's then. been building up this popularity and cementing himself with bigger tracks, like the London with... Um, and then he also had... Uh, what was that song? Quavo. Birds in the trap sing Brian McKnight. Percocet and Codeine, please don't take my life. Oh, oh. She had a dream with Celine, so I bought it twice. Oh, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. Yeah. So there were hit songs before this that were building him up to this point. So, so much fun is all that hard work paying off, I think. And, And I appreciate that from Young Thug. I think Hot was his biggest. It was the, it's one of the biggest songs this year. Oh, absolutely. So it deserves to be on, on the top ten list. I'm not mad at you for that. No. I'm just it's just not something I went back to. Some of my favorite tracks, just how it is. That's one where he explains wearing the dress. He said he had to wear the dress because he had the stick on him, which apparently he <laughs> confirmed with Big yeah. Boy, like I was literally having to have a gun for my protection. Yeah. 
Um, so just how it is, hot with Gunna, uh, bad, bad, bad with Lil Baby, Ecstasy with Machine Gun Kelly, Cartier Gucci Scarf with Lil Duke, Mannequin Challenge with Juice, uh, and The London, J. Cole, Travis Scott. That was, that was my favorite song off of that one, for sure. Uh, next one for me was JPEG Mafia, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. Okay. I Grimy Waifu is the song that I have in that <laughs> list that pulls me back and goes to li- and to go to listen to that album. Yeah. I think if I think if you give it more and more tries, it'll grow on you. Uh, really what I loved about it was like him selling this false prophet persona, showing like a lot of hip hop is bullshit, uh, the track listing adding shock value, maybe turning some people off. I like that it's not initially very approachable of an album but once you give it a chance you really see all the strengths well, what what he can production. do with the production and blending of the music and blending of the sounds he's very is in- incredible like i had nothing bad to say about it it just wasn't for me right um he also worked with danny brown heavily on you know what i'm saying yes so just to give you sort of an inkling of jpeg's abilities and you know people liked him for veteran as well um so Check check out that one as well. All my heroes are cornballs. The only I mean, only one album beat it. Okay. So number two for me, the Lost Boy, YBN Corday. Okay. I almost put him in there, but and same another problem. similarity with Young Thug, like just the movement around him and what was going on around him. That and you can see everything going on around him is embedded in this album. Mm-hmm. Um, he was it's an incredibly successful debut album for somebody that young. And to have the cosigns and the features that he had on that album so young is incredible. Um, he just he he seems to be like a super humble kid, uh-huh. and it's rare to see that person in hip hop. I I appreciate that. I just I don't know. Does he have staying power? Do you think after this release? In the review, I think I think I think he does because even yeah. you said in the review, like I think this kid has the talent to be somebody like J Cole, and right. that's the thing. Like he you came he came out the gate super strong, yeah, and now he's gonna have to live with that. And this album was reviewed. Sometimes highly. that's the curse, though. Yeah, we've so seen that for some. He knows that this album was successful, and he knows when he comes a second time, you gotta come correct, or everybody's gonna hold it. Kind of like everybody did with Drake and Take Care for the early part of his career. Kind of like what happened to Chance. Yeah. Let's talk about one of the worst albums this year. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of my favorite tracks on that were Wintertime, Have Mercy, Bad Idea with Chance the Rapper, R&P with Anderson Pack, Broke as Fuck, and We Gonna Make It with Meek Mill. We Gonna Make It with Meek Mill is probably, honestly, the best track. Meek Mill stepped up this yes. year, features-wise. Uh, He's gonna have a big improved, 2020. If there was a most improved category in hip-hop, it would, it would definitely Tiger. be Meek Mill. <laughs> I knew it was coming, but no, Meek Mill. If if he's if he wants to do music in twenty twenty, he's gonna have a big year. Uh, I, I know s- he's doing a lot with prison reform, and he's he's kind of spent some focus outside of making music. Yeah. But I think if he he comes back in twenty twenty, it's gonna be huge. Yeah, yeah. I'd be very interested to see what he has to offer for for twenty twenty. So who'd you have at number two? I actually fucked up, and JPEG Mafia was my number two. And, every year. Uh, every. <laughs> every year he gets out of order somewhere. <laughs> It's a tradition now. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you my number one was Igor. <laughs> okay. I think 
I said it earlier when we talked about it. When I said it, it was at number five for me. Yeah. When I said he cemented himself in hip hop history, uh-huh. I more so meant like now he's gonna get artistic looks. Like obviously he did the thing with the Grinch movie. Right. Um, he's gonna get looks outside of hip hop for this album. I we already saw it with the GQ. Already. Yeah, I that's what I'm saying. To do a movie already, and there's not very many people that make music that I want them to stop making music to do something else. But if you look at set designs. If you look at overall concepts, if you don't look at Tyler and think like, hey, I think this dude could actually make a movie with, with a few writers and with somebody to guide him even more, like refine his ideas. Yep. Dude, it's there. It's there. Like all this, all the, the work is there. And if, I don't even know if Tyler wants to make a movie, but I have a feeling he would. And, um, I don't think anything is off the table for an, no, an artist like him or even Gambino. Like I think anything. And then looking at his his fashion sense as well, you know, I mean, golf weighing has kind of skyrocketed. Yeah, golf the floor. Everything he touched turned to gold. Yeah, that's that's what I have. I feel about Tyler, but Igor really the reason why I love it is because from start to finish, it's a concept about this character about Igor, this this sort of guy who just feels like he's being strung along, who feels like. He is a servant to his love for this one person, and I can't help but say that I've been in those sort of relationships, and I feel what he's going through in that in that project. Uh, Igor, aside from the uh, project itself, sonically, again, the music videos that have been put out for Boy Is a Gun, um, just just sort of add to my love for the for the project, and I can't thank Tyler enough. He, to me, he's never had a miss in his entire career. No, the only one I could argue would be Cherry Bomb, and I don't want to say it's so much of a miss. I think it just, it really split his fan base. Like, there's some fans that, like, ride for Cherry Bomb, and then some that we already spoke about. I would say casuals don't like Cherry Bomb, but I I think amongst diehard fans, Cherry Bomb still is a great project. And And even then, if you don't enjoy the project, guess what? You can pull songs from almost every album that you love. Yeah. Even Cherry Bone. Because Smuckers, yeah, Smuckers is on there. Exactly. One of Fire. His, yeah. And and you won't hear Wayne and Kanye like that potentially ever again. Yeah. Honest to God. Honest to God. Like, did you, really, did you get like that? that? Yeah. That was good. Honest to God. Putting things yeah. together over here on HLH. But yeah, thank you to Tyler for Igor because all right number one for me was death race for love juice world wow and again just the movement around him like i I've, I've mentioned this just like taboo i messed up last year by not having goodbye and good riddance on my top 10 right. i kind of came to juice world late like after i heard lucid dreams like on like hip-hop radio i was like i'm gonna go check this kid out like i mean there wasn't really anything that stuck out to me before mm-hmm. i heard that then I started, like, look, his fans were crazy. And in my head, and we've talked about this, like, he, he was the next X. He was the one that was going to kind of fill that, that void for, I think, a lot of X's fans. And just the, the young fan base that he was inspiring reminded me a lot of the movement that X had. Definitely. And, and, you and know, I want to say this would have been number one regardless of his death. I've had this. I mean, that, that, I knew that was going to be top five about three, three four months ago. I didn't know you were going to rank it number one. Yeah. That's great. That's another one that it'd be shorter to name the tracks. And as I was typing this with it being number one, I was like, no, I can't say all these tracks. So it's really, there's a lot, but I'll name my, my top favorites of the favorites. It's, it really is a stellar offering from, from Juice World, especially that only being his second really full-length project. Yeah. 
And honestly, it's first. Yeah, and Goodbye and Good Riddance, again, was one, I think it was like a 56-minute runtime. This one was over an hour. Yeah. But to put out two big albums like that that were, as a whole, well-received. And a collab with Future. Yeah. Which, I mean... Shout that, out, that's that's an incredible feat as a trap artist that young to have a collab album with Future. And he said Future. he was going to do a collab with Future. Yeah. He said, I know when I made it when I do a collab with him. Uh, yeah, really sad that we lost him this year. Uh yeah, I, I have I can't say enough good things about Juice World and thank you to his contribution to hip hop. And um we're sad that we lost him that way, but uh the music that, that he was able to offer up was was stellar. Absolutely regardless. Absolutely. Um my favorite tracks on that were Empty, Maze, Fast, Hear Me Callin', Robbery, and then the song Ring Ring with Clever. Yeah. I like I liked Hear Me Calling a lot too. The steel drums aren't even that bad on that song, and I, normally I would hate that. No. So, are you, when we were making these lists, you, were, you kept saying, this was a hard year for me to make a list. Yeah. Mine wasn't that hard. There's like, I, I feel like I can go and listen to my 2019 playlist uh-huh. and, and still enjoy everything. I, I was going through my 2019 playlist, and I would still kind of trim it down a little bit. Um, pull, pull yours up, and I'll pull mine up, and we'll... We'll read some of the ones that the we would, yeah, some of the ones we would take out, or even some tracks that maybe we didn't mention doing this year end episode. Already episodes. deleting like five. <laughs> you don't have to like, physically delete them no, right I now, but you got to call them out as you're deleting them. Right. Mile High was a song we didn't really talk about this year. I, I figured the James Blake album would have been on your your 2019. You know what? I thought that came out last year. Fuck, I do like that one. Um, but it, I wouldn't take anything out for it. But I also was trying to keep it just hip-hop albums. So okay. that's the reason why I didn't... 21 Savage had another big... He had a big album this year. Didn't have a lot of replay value for I liked me. a lot. Yeah, a lot. All My Friends. That was the one with Post Malone. I liked... And then Monster had Actually, Gambino on it. That project shows a lot of growth. The problem was he put out a single that didn't really do anything. Yeah. I am greater than I was, though. Um, he did have a lot of good songs on here. We had some not so good albums this year too. Crash Talk yes. was kind of a letdown. Very bad. Num Num Juice is the only thing that. And even, it's too short. Yeah. Uh, Gunna's Dripper Drown Two was horrendous. Um, really don't understand how an artist with so much hype and backing put out a project. Yeah. That boring. Uh, Rico Nasty, I loved her project. Uh, song Cold on there that I put on my list. Uh, Skepta's album, Bullet from a Gun and No Sleep are on here. Um, the Sailor, Rich Brian, we both liked that when it came out. I think. Do you have any replay value to that, or if I you go back to I it, do you still even, like it? I was a bit lukewarm on it when it came out, and I really haven't gone back to it. The Maybe. only ones I go back to that made my list are Yellow and Confetti. Yellow was really, 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 really fucking good. Yeah. Um, I wonder. I think that one's on here for me as well. ASAP Ferg. Goldlink's album, uh, I didn't like the whole thing, but he was going for kind of a sort of island sound. You have you have this track you say with Tyler the Creator. Okay, really good. Goldlink's canceled to me, bro. What? Oh yeah, because he said he's just... he's been talking out of pocket. Yeah, um, no, ASAP Ferg's album was good this year too. That one should have been an honorable mention. Floor Seats was on that album. Yeah, I liked I liked. Um, ASAP, ASAP. Another good album that we talked highly about, Hobo Johnson's album. Really, Damn, didn't, wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't hip hop enough, but it 
It, it kind of was. It was a good album. That one would have made my list, too. That one and um, and James Blake's album, I'm kind of mad I'm, that are not in my top ten. Genuinely, I'm pissed off when you mentioned that one, because Hobo Johnson's project. That um, Subaru Crosstrek um, was on that project. It's so good. And um, a couple of other ones. But I listened to that one last month, and I still could listen to it start to finish. Okay. Anything else to say about the year? No. Kind of end sad with, with Juice. Nipsey, yeah. I mean, it was not a good year for death and hip-hop. Yeah. It's never a good year for death, but well. you know what I meant. His, and another artist who left the hell of a discography behind, you know. Thank you to, to both of them. But Jake, I think he's taking us to ride out something. Yeah, you ready? Anything mm-hmm. else to say about 2019? I liked no, it. Cheers to 2019. It was a good year. I hope 2020 is even better. Hey, it's a new decade. New decade. Clean shoom, start. Shoom, shoom, Fresh start. Shoom, shoom. Clean slate. I got it right now. Fresh start, clean slate. Fresh start, clean slate. Yeah. All right. This is Floor Seats, ASAP Ferg. Playing from Jake's MacBook Pro. That's featuring, right. Featuring Don't Say Your Name. <laughs> Don't even whisper, bro. They're always listening. Floor seats for the Knicks. Couple models blowing hits. They don't even want to pick. Want to lick up one of them. I done made a couple hits. Going hammer with a pick. God handed me the gift. Not the slammer for a brick. Rolly ain't got a tick. I attract a lot of ticks. Getting caught up in the mix. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Don't forget to share us with your family and friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HLHPO. Once again, that's HLHPO. Thanks for the support, and until next time, see ya!